Slightly opinionated Joe. Uh, here's your host, Joe. Thank you for joining me for Slightly Opinionated Joe. Today we're going to be talking about law enforcement. And, you know, I am not going to be one of those people that's going to bash law enforcement. I'm also not going to assume that uh, every situation, you know, uh, like every situation is justified by a police department because that wouldn't be fair and it wouldn't be being objective based on the situation. So let me just first say this. I have had some um, <laughs> run-ins with police and it's always, you know, I, I think when I was in Maryland, I know that I got pulled over at least once for having like a taillight out and I was like in a it's on a highway, and I was like, why am I getting pulled over on a highway? And, you know, the officers, courteous, they ask a question, and typically, I, mean, I don't know, when I'm in Maryland, you know, they say, hey, do you know why we pulled you over? And I, I try to maintain my composure and say, no, I, I don't know why you've pulled me over. I'm very curious, though, why you've pulled me over. And then there's an explanation about, you know, a light, and that's fine. I get it. It's about safety. I understand if a taillight's out, you know, that be that could be considered a safety issue. However, I don't know how much of an issue it is to pull somebody over on a highway and have them stop. And you're talking to them, and it's about a taillight being out. And then you're writing a citation— that part I understand, but at the same time, I, I don't think it's as important as most people would probably think it is, but it's a part of the job, and they're trying to maintain safe roads and travel for everybody, so I get that 100%. Um, I've actually had that happen before. I was, um, <laughs> I was leaving work one day. I was near Tyson's Corner. This is in Virginia, and it's a very affluent area around there, and I'm driving a not-so-nice vehicle. I would say it's a beat-up van, and I was leaving work. I was I was in a good mood because I was leaving work. I was going home. I was like, oh, man, this is great. I'm, I'm going home. It's, it's great, and I wasn't caught in traffic, and literally probably maybe like 200 feet before I was about to get on an off-ramp, I have a... Police officer pulled me over, and at this point, I'm like, why? Why is this happening? It's like a gas station or something to my right, and then this is like right before you get onto an off-ramp. No, I'm sorry. You get into the on-ramp to get onto the highway. So I was a little, I was a little upset. I, I again tried to, you know, maintain my composure, tried to not look like I was livid, even though I was annoyed because I was I was having a good day. I was going home, and then I, I get pulled over. And the officer again asked, uh, do you know why you're being pulled over? And I give the same response. No, I don't know why I'm being pulled over. I'm very curious why I'm being pulled over because I don't know what would justify me being pulled over. Again, taillight. Now, I'm not an expert on vehicles at all. I'm not an expert on light bulbs or illumination technology, but light bulbs have a lifespan. And, you know, sometimes uh, incandescent bulbs, which are in the majority of 
I would say late model cars, modern cars, some of them have LEDs, how convenient. And you can sometimes buy or replace or retrofit to the LEDs, which last a lot longer. But back then they were not a, um, <laughs> they weren't prominent and there weren't a lot of manufacturers making LED bulbs. So an incandescent bulb can go out and if it's just a running light, sometimes depending upon your vehicle, there's not a sensor that will tell. Uh, some of the more complicated vehicles will actually tell you uh, if there's a light bulb out, it'll be like an indicator or when you turn the vehicle on and let's say that's like one of the turn signals is out, it'll like uh, flash twice or whatever, something like that. Anyways, this vehicle did not have that. So there's no way for me to know unless I was close enough to a, let's say a wall or something where I, I don't know, when I turn the lights on and I see, oh, wait a minute, the light's off. Bingo. But needless to say, you know, the officer explained to me why they pulled me over and that, you know, I needed to check that and that's great. But then I started to think to myself, this is such a waste of time. Like, why would you spend the time to pull me over? Again, I am not, I'm not going to debate the idea of safety on roads. You need to make sure the roads are safety. But this was daytime. This wasn't nighttime. I mean, the first time I got pulled over, you know, and this was in Maryland, it was nighttime. So one of my, I think, running lights was off, but the other lights worked. So it wasn't like I was driving a vehicle with no lights in the pitch black dark. No, no, it wasn't like that at all. This was daylight. And I, I'm, I'm like trying to figure out why would someone spend so much time? And I'm like, you know what? Never mind. I simply just, you know, took the citation, jumped back into traffic where I was hoping I didn't get hit because uh, sometimes when you're getting an off-ramps or, sorry, it was an on-ramp that was right next to a gas station, cars are moving at a good amount of speed. The vehicle I had was not a sports car. Again, it was an older van, not, not really a speed racer, so... Uh, it increased my uh, possibility of getting to a collision, uh, jumping onto an on-ramp. So I was also thinking, like, yeah, if I get hit by a car, this cop's going to be there, and it's going to be like, oh, oh, that's your fault, too. Let me just write you this ticket and make this statement so that you can uh, show up to court next next month to talk about why you were in that collision. <laughs> I was trying to figure out, you know, was I going to blame the police for pulling me over because I wouldn't have been there had they not pulled me over. But anyways, you know, I, I've, I've only had very limited interaction with police, and it's it's been for, like, minor things. Like, that's it. It's, it's a light bulb being out, and I've been pulled over. Um, I ride a bike now, a very, very eco-friendly electric bike, and uh, <laughs> I've even pulled over on... <laughs> <laughs> on the side of the road. I was leaving work, and because I don't commute that far, I was riding the bike, and it was daylight, and instead of riding with traffic alongside the road on the bike lane, I was on the other side riding against traffic. And I think, like, the police saw me. He literally took the cruiser, I think it's like a truck, he pulls it around, and then he comes into the intersection, and he literally pulls the vehicle to the point where it's blocking the bike lane. 
So at that point where his lights are on and they're flashing and I'm coming towards a police vehicle, I am mildly embarrassed and mm, slightly annoyed and I'm realizing, okay, so it's, uh, here we go again. So <laughs> I, I wasn't upset. I was just kind of curious how this is going to play out because I didn't see a rational reason for the police officer to stop his his <laughs> basically whatever he was doing maybe he was doing a cruise to just check out an area to stop to have a conversation with me about my bike so i'm literally stopped and officer gets out and he said hey how's it going yeah it's going and we get to this conversation where he explains to me california traffic law and how this is supposed to work and how i'm supposed to go you know with traffic on the right side if there is a bike lane. And I said, well, officer, I do understand all that, but you are a police officer. I said, and you have driven these roads. There are a lot of bad drivers out there. I'm just gonna flat out tell you. I said, and you're a cop, so it's not like you don't know that. Again, there was no disagreement with any of that. I said, so me riding in this lane, going towards traffic, I can see what's coming towards me. I can possibly get out of the way, but if I'm driving with traffic, I can't see anything behind me. So if somebody's doing something crazy or they want to pass another car and they decide to try to whip over in the far right lane, even though it's not a driving lane, it's a bike lane, there's no way I'd be able to see them. I might be able to hear them, but that might be too late. So as I'm explaining to him, he says, well, yeah, I understand. And he told me, basically, if I did that again, you know, I should probably just have that conversation with another cop because he wasn't going to write me a citation. I guess he figures it's not something that's worth writing a citation, but I guess he just wanted to know why I was doing it. And, you know, my explanation, you know, it, it's not the best explanation, but it's the most honest and real explanation of there are people who just don't care when they're driving. I mean... In all honesty, I've almost been hit so many times. Like, I'm literally at a intersection, and there's a crosswalk. Crosswalk fully lit with cameras, and it's a crosswalk. I have the arrow, and I'm literally just trying to walk across the intersection. Semi's not stopping. Vehicles who are at that intersection where even if it's red for them, I have a crosswalk. That means you need to stop. And then if there's nothing in the intersection, you can proceed. But with a crosswalk, you have to make sure there's no pedestrians in that walkway. I've had cars just roll straight through it or break. But when they break, they're already beyond the point where I have to stop and I have to wait for them to go through the intersection or I have to go around them, which is actually literally on my right maybe 50 feet, maybe 25 feet around a vehicle in an intersection because they did not stop. Like, they didn't think they needed to stop. I'm not making this up. I wish they would literally pull, actually put more traffic cams out so they could see what's really happening on the roads because regardless of whatever the, the laws may be, like at a stop sign, stop. On a red light, you're supposed to stop. And if you're going to turn right, you still have to stop before you turn right. You know they would actually see what's really going on on the roads. But I feel like people don't actually know. They just show up to a, an accident and they have to try to figure it out from there. So 
I really wanted to talk about just right now in history where we're at. And I feel like with the way things have happened, there have been enough incidents with police shootings that I feel like police departments now have to go out of their way to present, let's say, a coroner's report uh, or a press conference. And then with the press conference, say that there are uh, video, you know, the video camera footage from the officers at the scene, you know, in addition to, you know, answering Q&A afterwards, just to try to basically put it out there, this is what happened, and we're going to evaluate the situation. Uh, the officers involved are going to be on uh, leave while they're, while this is being investigated. From what I understand, that is normal procedure. But I feel like because of what's happened and there have been enough instances of that, I believe that the police departments are going to be in the spotlight. And it's not necessarily a good thing. It's just, you know, they're going to have to, and it's not put on a show, but definitely go through great efforts to prove everything that you've said. Be basically transparent about the footage, transparent about the situation as much as you know, because sometimes you don't really know what happened until you do a full investigation. You do your statements. Forensics actually does their job of the scene. And then, you know, if there is a deceased person, they do that as well. And then you could basically piece together what really happened based on witness accounts, the officer's accounts, uh, and then the evidence that's there to be able to understand what really happened. And I feel like that's a difficult thing to be patient and wait to see what happened. I mean, a perfect example of that is Ferguson. With Ferguson, there were people as soon as something, I mean, as soon as that that scenario played out, there were people that were already there and they were protesting and that just got ugly. It got ugly real quick, and the part that boggled my mind is how can you, how can you go and protest and you don't really know what happened? Because there's not any final statement. The, the event just happened, and there's people already out there, and I get the idea of wanting to support the families, the officer included, you know? I'm not saying that the people who were involved in the shooting don't need any support as well. What I'm saying is that it's probably not easy to pull a trigger and it's probably not easy to be on leave being scrutinized by the media and the public. And they're trying to debate whether or not what you did was right or wrong. If some stuff is so gray area, it's very hard to call it. Ferguson is a really jacked up situation because of the fact that it well, I'm not going to go there about Ferguson. The point is, is that Ferguson's a perfect example of people, I believe, making an assumption about how a situation actually played out without having evidence. And it's only after, and people are probably going to disagree with me on this, only after you have all the reports, only after they, you know, they said, hey, basically, we're not going to be filing any uh, federal, federal, uh, what do you call it? They're not going to federal charges against the officer for violating civil rights. It's not happening because according to that situation and basically how they read it with the evidence and everything that was presented, the officer in that scenario didn't do anything wrong. Now, again, I'm pretty sure people are not going to agree on that. And, and I understand that we're not all going to agree, 
But I feel like Ferguson was one of the first situations where an officer was just doing their job. They got pulled into a situation. That situation spiraled out of control. They responded the best way they could. And then at the end of it, it's very hard for them to move on. In fact, I believe that officer actually had to leave the force, and I'm pretty sure he had to, you know, not that he couldn't stay. It's just very difficult to stay in a situation like that where the community is already not happy about how it how it ended, and then the police department was really just, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to call it traumatized, but, you know, when your department is being scrutinized and people are looking up your records to see what you've done, and then they're trying to make a uh, analytical, uh, <laughs> analytical, you know, report on how you really treat people in your community based on your ethnicity, or you know, one part of town's a rich part, one one part of town's a poor part. And it's amazing that most of the traffic stops are in the the poor part of town when they can make that report based on the data in your file cabinets or inside of your computer, well, doesn't look so good for you. Now, I'm pretty sure that there are good cops as well as cops that might not be so good, but that's just how it is. I And I know people are going to have a hard time with that too, you know, but the reality is we're not, no one's perfect. I guess that's the best thing I can say. No one is perfect. So even in the idea of law enforcement, you're not going to have perfect police officers. You're not going to have, you know, a perfect police chief, but they're going to do the best they can, hopefully, to make it so that your community is safe. And I feel like philosophy, well, I'm not saying the philosophy is going to have to change. I feel like principles are going to have to be reevaluated because I've always heard this this idea that, you know, police officers are to protect and serve, and maybe that needs to change to something else, like, you know, serve serve and protect, you know, with the with the emphasis on serving, because at that point, when you're an officer, you're you're a public servant. But I think the mentality may have to change for some individuals who don't really embody that. And I don't know if they're gonna have to you know, create new departments within police departments to literally weed out the individuals who, let's say, based on uh, the metrics, are likely to be involved in an incident based on their their record. You know, I don't know if someone's going to put together some crazy AI that's supposed to be able to analyze officers and basically do analysis to figure out Who's likely to be on the news in about three months for an officer-involved shooting as opposed to the officers who are not going to be involved because they show or exhibit, I would say, better responses in stressful situations? Again, I'm not a police officer. I've never served anything like that. I just feel like there's got to be a better way of managing it. And I know that it's hard because officers are put into a rough situation where they're supposed to respond and sometimes you don't get a second chance sometimes you only can do it once i've seen footage of police officers who were doing just routine you know a routine traffic stop or they pull a car over on the side of the road and that's their last traffic stop 
So I understand the idea of there being real danger out there. It's just hard to put in the words what has to happen to, I would say, train the perfect police officer. Because I think that, honestly, in our country, we need that. And I'm not trying to, you know, disrespect any police officer out there. It's not that at all. It's just, it seems like it's getting crazy out here. And I'm not saying, you know, pure anarchy, but it's like there's so much going on. How do we, how does a police department stay up to date, stay relevant, and then how do they increase their ability to police without getting into those scenarios that make it so that there has to be weapons drawn. Like, I know that sometimes you don't have a choice, but even with, let's say, non-lethal weapons, okay, you got tasers. And I know taser, that's a brand or whatever. I feel like in, in some of these situations, I'm reading about how, you know, they, the one in Akron, Ohio, they tried to use tasers. Apparently, it didn't work. I don't know. I just I just know that there's probably going to need to be some other um, non-lethal weapons created that actually work because the taser can't be your only friend, a taser and a and a service weapon because clearly the tasers they're not and like I said you know according to this report they tried using tasers and they didn't work so I don't know what that really means. I don't know if the barbs didn't implant in the right spot. I don't know if it didn't deliver enough charge. I don't know. I know a little bit about tasers. But the point is, is that there's going to have to be something else developed that's non-lethal that can take a person down. Because other than that, they're going to have more of these scenarios. And I don't think anybody wants it. The police department doesn't want it. And the public doesn't want it. So I'm hoping that people get creative some of these companies that develop weapons, the major manufacturers, will start trying to, I don't know if they need to make their own, their own little panel, but they need to start figuring out a non-lethal way of getting people down and getting them quick. Because every time an officer has to draw their weapon, you know, you get into a scenario where the probability of death is pretty high because bullets, bullets are very impartial. I, I know people don't realize that, but bullets are very impartial. So once that round is fired, it's going, and it's not going to be like, well, you know, I, I like this guy, so we're going to go for a kneecap instead of a chest. Definitely a kneecap. So bad joke aside, the point is that I think we need to, and not we, but, you know, in our, in our American culture, we need to really, literally, if it needs to happen, have the government get involved and try to literally... I'm not going to say make it happen, but sponsor a bill, if anything, offer grants for companies to start developing a better non-lethal weapon. I'm not saying that they shouldn't still have weapons, but the first thing grabbed should be that non-lethal. And at this point in history, the taser's not pulling it off. So we need something more. I know there's a lot of engineers, there's a lot of students, there's a lot of brilliant people in this country. You got to develop something better because the old trusty uh, six shooter from the West is not pulling it off anymore. Because while it does, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to say this. 
a gun is very effective at what it does. Unfortunately, medical technology is not at the place where we can resurrect a person with 20-something-odd bullet, bullet wounds in them. We're not at that place. So, you know, until we can get to that place, they're going to have to develop a better way of doing it. And it's not criticizing the police department. What options do they have? Seriously, if all you have is a taser, a shotgun, and a pistol, and that's all you've got to work with pursuing people, you're going to use the item, honestly, that you know is going to work. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's what every police officer goes for. What I'm saying is in this situation in Akron, Ohio, they tried taser, they didn't work. They went for revolvers or service weapons, and that's what they, they used. Now, again, I'm not trying to point a finger. I'm not saying it's the taser's fault for not functioning. I'm not blaming the officers for choosing handguns. I'm not blaming anyone. What I'm saying is, in the place we're at right now, a uh, majority of law enforcement agencies have handguns, they have shotguns. Uh, the majority of what they have are weapons, and they are lethal, depending upon how they're used. And if you only have a few options available to you, and it's a stun gun, taser, whatever, or a pepper, pepper ball or whatever, through like a paintball kind of situation, that doesn't really give you many options. And I'm hoping that uh, someone will hear this and it'll, it'll spur someone's creative ideals and they'll start being able to try to design something or get together or found some company to create the, the next best thing for basically a non-lethal weapon that the police department could use because I don't want to see any more of these, these news stories. I don't get any joy out of it, and it, it, it just pleases me, I'll be honest with you, a great deal. So I'm hoping that uh, maybe this episode was helpful. I'm hoping it was helpful. But also, you know, thought-provoking about the idea of us needing to, and I mean like America, needing to work on our non-lethal uh, weapons industry to make it so that fewer of these incidents will happen because if there was a non-lethal weapon available, you know, this situation potentially couldn't have, you know, it could have gone a different way completely. Anyways, thank you and have a good day.